Hello, welcome to the another episode with Be Open and Authentic with Rohit. Today we have um, a guest, Mark, with us, who, where we will be talking about so many important topics that we should, you know, talk frequently about. So before before we get started, um, I have a couple of things to say. One is, um, you know, just to set the context of this episode, right? Um, so. Mark uh, belongs to uh, the family of uh, Buffalo shooting victim. Uh, and he lost his mother during the sh- uh, during these racist attacks, which is which is uh, very unfortunate. And I'm I'm really sorry uh, uh, about that, uh, Mark. And I hope uh, um, you feel feel better and uh, uh, start doing a lot more great things uh, like you are doing now. So. And, and, you know, in my opinion, I think, uh, life is one of the most valuable, valuable things in this, in this planet earth. Right. And, and losing, you know, that to such a uh, racist attacks is, is the last thing that we should see in this world. And it also reflects the society that we are living in, uh, which is, which is, uh, very, uh, unfortunate. So I, I offer my condolences and, and praise to the family, Mark, um, and and uh, one one other thing is you know this is also sort of an emotional episode for me because as we speak uh, my best friend's father um, is is on the ventilator uh, fighting for his survival. I uh, I just got off the call with him. Uh, it's it's um, uh, very emotional and I I kind of understand how uh, you know how it has been for you uh, and my you know my prayers and love with um, you know my best friend's family as well. So. So, so yeah, let's, let's get started uh, with that, uh, Mark. So thanks. Thank you for uh, being, you know, uh, on the show with me today. And, uh, and I hope to, you know, dive deep into, you know, what you do, uh, what uh, your plans to do, you know, things, things like that. So do you want to, do you want to start with an introduction? All right, let's go. My name is, uh, Mark Talley, um, out of Buffalo, New York. Uh, recently I'm in the process of starting my own nonprofit. Agents for Advocacy. Yes. We have the website up, agentsforadvocacy.org. All of this started um, because I lost my mother in a terrorist attack by a white supremacist at Topps Market on May 14th. And all of that just, uh, just lit a, unfortunately, it took that incident to light a, light a spark in me to get what I'm currently doing, becoming more of a social social justice and community advocate out in the community. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Thanks uh, for that. And, and uh, thanks for the great work uh, and thanks for taking this initiative, right? Because for example, you know, if I am in your situation, I'm not sure whether I would have reacted the way you would, uh, you are reacting now because you are, you are talking about, you know, more advocacy, more love uh, and, and uh, more positive things in this world. I, even after such a such a hit hit crime, um, I really admire your thought process, and uh, you know that's a, that's a great learning for me um, on on how I should react to all these you know un, un, unfortunate circumstances, uh, be it with me or uh, be you know around around me. Um, that's that's uh, that's a great inspiration. Uh, thanks for that, Mark. So. Do, do you mind sharing how your uh, you know life has changed a little bit after the shooting and i know i know losing you know parents or mom is is uh, is super uh, challenging and that's the last thing that we wanted on this uh, earth so do, do you want to quickly share uh, how has it been for you after that absolutely on on may 13th i was just a security guard working in the county hospital uh, and the behavioral unit, um, in case, you know, the people watching don't know, just the behavioral unit, basically, uh, it's also known as the psych unit for uh, the mentally ill patients. And mm-hmm. come May, after the incident on May 14th, probably around May 20th, um, I just started, I'm out here volunteering in the community just to to do something with my rage. I didn't want to just let it be all bottled up in me. Um, didn't want to get lost in my thoughts, just replaying what happened, uh, the memory in my head over and over again. So I just got out in the community, um, 
where I grew up at, where I used to spend a lot of my time at. So I just went on the uh, Jefferson Avenue. That's the street that the um, the incident happened on. So I just went right there near the Tops location and just started up handing out fresh produce, uh, fruits, vegetables, and goods to mainly the elderly population or the um, the unhoused population, the um, the the disabled population as well. Those are most of the people coming up to us trying to get uh get their daily requirement of the of the produce. And from there I did it close to a good month straight. And that kinda inspired me to want to start my own organization so I can throw my own events. Sure. Um just to, just to, in memory of my mother. Because I didn't want her memory tied, you know, nobody wants you no know, their loved one when you type in your loved one's name to be the first thing that pops up is the way they passed. So I, I wanted to be yeah. when people think, you know, of Geraldine Talley, you know, they, the first thing that comes to their mind, Oh, her son, he, he's running this organization. So yeah, it may be egotistical. It may be vain and 50%. Yes, I, I will concur, but it's also, I don't want my mother's name to be, you know, you type in the Google search and the first thing that pops up is, you know, ten people found dead, three shot in a, a tops terrorist attack. So if it's considered me selfish and vain for my mother's name to be associated with me, you know, so be it. No, uh, I, I I agree. You know, I also you know um, I'm with you on this thought process. It's not that you are. Um, acting a little selfish here. It's about what you are adding the value, right? Like what's the value that you're adding to the people around you. And it's, it's a really great that you started doing this on, you know, one week after your mother's death. Um, and it, uh, again, it speaks a lot about your character and, and the fact that, you know, you want to make your family proud, um, uh, no matter where they are, uh, and, and uh, ma making it as a mission for yourself is, uh, is great. Um, so, so by, while we talk about it, right, I just want to understand uh, uh, the, the root cause. What, what do you think is the root cause and why, why, why has this happened? I, mean, I know this is not the first time that uh, we have seen this, but uh, just, just want to understand what is, what do you think is the root cause from your, from your standpoint? I mean, it's, it's easy answer. I mean, the root cause is racism. And it's, sure. it seems like racism has taken different forms of functionality, you know, throughout, you know, time, throughout the history, not even U.S. history, the worldwide history of civiliz uh, civilization. Yep. I mean, you know, back, back in the 18, 1700s, you know, a white person could come up to you. And they'll just tell you, they'll call you out your name. They'll call you a racial epithet. Um, they'll let you know face to face. They don't like you. They want you dead or they just may do the killing themselves. Um, and as time moved forward, you know, that's when the Klan came a root and they just started wearing their mask and doing it. As we got closer to the 1960s, 50s and 60s, you know, the mask they went off. Now people will just in certain ways tell you that they're racist and don't like you. Was there with the yeah. silver rights separate but equal, but nothing was equal. I mean, if I'm drinking out of a pristine, you no know, water fountain and somebody else is drinking out of a water fountain that's just covered in debris and the water that's coming out is, you know, probably the color of my skin. You no, know, that's not equal. And from there, you know, we have the constant police brutality attacks um, in healthcare. Um, mm -hmm. You know, African Americans were one of the you know, maternal deaths. We have some of the highest rates of mm -hmm. STDs, cancers, teen pregnancies, and that's relating to our socioeconomic condition or where we live due to redlining and gerrymandering of white flight and people trying to keep basically. You know, we want the poor blacks here, no place else. So we're going to give them the least amount of money for community development, once again, which led to low socioeconomic status, which leads to you being stuck in the poverty cycle and having some of the worst educational and health rates. 
And all of this is, you know, cookie cutter, institutional and societal racism. And ironically now, basically saying America should look at its past and not necessarily white people need to feel sorry for themselves and, you know, hate that they're privileged because that's okay. We all have privilege. I mean, I'm a 6'6", 280-pound black man. When I step into a room, all eyes eventually starts looking at, a, at me out of sign of fear and respect. I mean, even just me being 6'6 is already a privilege because when it comes to jobs, you know, unfortunately, it's looked at the taller you are, you're going to advance and you're going to be up for promotions instead of somebody that's 5'7". So we all have privileges in life. Um, was there dumb privileges or more powerful privileges? But it's just about accepting and facing them. But now due to people um, talking about CRT, that America should even face this past racist history. And you have certain groups of white people thinking that because of CRT, minorities are going to try to you know, get rid of white people becomes idiotic at that yeah there's nothing wrong with looking at your past looking at it and understanding so we can't repeat it and go forward and the problem with american history is we don't want to look at our past we want to just ignore it and get over it people don't want to talk about how we basically wiped out close to 90 percent of the indian the native american civilization through manifest destiny and giving them smallpox um people don't want to talk about the uh, basically we destroyed we moved a group of people and africans from their rightful birthplace and brought them all here i mean most african americans they can't tell you nothing about their family history the second you start getting close to the the middle around the 1850s and it's like yeah. it's it's not necessarily okay with what happened in the past, but the past is the past. We need to look at it and talk about it. But now you have people who sure. are using cold words and trying to associate everything with CRT. And most people two years ago, they couldn't even tell you what CRT is. But now if you, if you say we should teach you know, third graders the history of racism, they immediately say that's CRT and we're trying to make little white kids feel bad about their history. When in turn, we all should feel bad about our history, but try to look past it and move forward and understand what's right and wrong. But like I said, people people are afraid to look into the past. I know um, that that totally makes sense, right? And and uh, it's not. And what I think it's more about you know looking past and what you know, we can learn from it, right? And and what not to repeat is the key here. And there are a few, you know, interesting points that you mentioned here, right? I mean, um, dating back to 1800s or early 1900s, you know, there has been more privileges for, uh, you know, certain category of people. And and uh, there was so many brutal things happened. And then the civil rights changed so many things uh, for, for blacks, but still it... Uh, Still, it's not there yet, and uh, and uh, you know the incidents that we see in Oklahoma or or maybe Buffalo shootings or things like that just keeps on happening, right? And and the other fact that you mentioned that it is probably you no, know, it is due to the structural or the you know institutional racism. So, in the sense, do do you think you know the, all these policy makers are uh, are uh, you know? maybe the government you know the itself has uh, has to change the stance or uh, what do you think that needs to happen in order to make it like a little more inclusive because i was in that in my last episode we also talk, talk about the you know spoken about the structural and the institutional you know racism where um, and how they are you know eventually uh, contributing to the worsening the conditions for blacks right be, being be it uh, you know healthcare or be it uh, housing or whatever the socio, you know, whatever contributes to the socioeconomic factors, you know, these are all the policies are not helping us move in the right direction. I know we also need to look back uh, and, and uh, you know, see what not to repeat, but the things that we are doing now, I think there needs to be ton, ton of more work that we need to do. Uh, 
So, so, so what, what do you think about it? I mean, I think America could probably be a lot better if we had better representation. I mean, for the most part, if you look at, you know, all the U.S. senators, House of Representatives, House of Congress, I mean, the majority of them are old white men over, you know, 65. You know, these were people who were born when, you know, there was no civil rights. I mean, I don't, I mean, even the president, although I know he's, he's technically on my side, you could say as a Democrat, but I mean, this man is close to 80 years old. Like, I don't, I don't want an 80 year old representing me. And I understand you could learn a lot from your elders, but I'm 33. Like at some point we have to put cutoff limits for the ages that you can serve. I mean, in different, I mean, I know if you're an airline pilot, the cutoff age, I think, is either 56 or 62. I mean, if you look at um, being being in the military for active duty, being a a policeman, a policewoman, there are cutoff limits because they know, like, you're no longer physically able to carry out the duties that's required for you. And I say same thing in politics at a certain point, you're not, you're not mentally aware or capable to understand the consequences of your decisions down the line, because more than likely you won't be here or more than likely you're financially not capable of understanding what somebody else is going to. I mean, I just know a couple of days ago, I forgot who the woman was, but I think in San Francisco, she said like she doesn't feel the effects of uh, inflation because she makes over 420000 a year. So if this is a person you have representing your city or company, there's a reason people don't want these people in office. And most of the time, it's not due to that. Yep. You know, I'm a minority and they're white is due because I'm making... I'm making, I'm struggling making 35,000 a year. And this person is making close to a half a million dollars. Yeah. So, no, exactly. Right. So, you know, there are, there are a couple of things about it. One is, you know, it's okay if they're making so much money, but the fact that they are not understanding or empathizing with the people of their, uh, you know, uh, area or, or the region where they're elected from, you know, that's very unfortunate, right? Because not everyone in the, in the, in the, uh, in the state in California, if that is the case, you know, are making 400 K, you know, most of the people, like I said, are, you know, struggling to meet the needs. It's okay. Glad, you know, they're making money, but that's not what they should think about. You know, that's not what, how they should, uh, understand the inflation either. And the same, I think the same goes with the, you know, be it the president or, or any of the constitutional members. Right. So I understand, you know, the thought process that we need, like a lot, you know, younger uh, members in the team, just so that they understand uh, and they understand the post civil right movement better, or maybe they don't even know the civil right movement and uh, they're past it. Maybe they they can be a lot more inclusive. I can see why you are coming that coming from that angle, but still, if you uh, if they are not empathizing or you know if they're not finding a way to understand their uh, orders, right? A uh, bit of you know what race uh, we all are from, then then there is no way that it's going to change. And, and in fact, it's not, it's also not that like, how, you know, how the, their actions are, you know, call, leading to the issue. For example, you know, the Buffalo shooting shooter is, is 16 year old or sorry, 18 year old, uh, when, when he, you know, and when in, in the incident took place. So, so I'm, I'm just still trying to connect the dots on how that has been being carried over, you know, and how 18 year old was, you know, in so inspired to do that brutal task, you know, it, it may not just be the politician or, uh, you know, it just, or, or maybe, you know, it's not just about the history. I think there is something more deeper, you know, that is contributing to the issue. Uh, in my for opinion. some reason, this, uh, this country still think is like we're in the cowboy area, era of like the 1880s and 90s where, 
like probably 1860s and 70s, like where we all need to have a gun on us. Like they're still, they're still holding the values of the amendments made by, you know, white guys from close to 400 years ago, close to three, 400 years ago. And it's like, we don't, there's no point for us to still abide by this because things change. I mean, back in the early 70s, you know, your wife would have to ask her husband for permission to get a credit card. You know, in the 1920s, 1930s, um, a man could legally, not even his wife, could put any woman in an insane asylum if he deemed she was crazy. I mean, it's like you can be 16-year-old right now. If you have a permission slip, you could join the army. So I think we have this fascination and clamoring of old ways, and we still want to keep them. Uh, America, for some reason, has this idea we're the best country in the world. We're the only country that has freedom. Um, So we get to have these guns on us. And these politicians aren't representative or speaking for the views of the actual people who they're representing. And not to mention, it's, it's pretty much about money. I'm guaranteed the NRA is probably just paying and lobbying which has already proven their lobbying Congress and representatives, you know, with hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not more, to pass these bills. I mean, we just recently, um, some gun maker, they came out with the JR-15, saying uh, our gun can shoot like mommy and daddy's gun. And it's, it all just basically comes down to money and what corporation or lobbying group has what representative in their pocket. No, yeah, I think I think it's not just with the gun control, it's with most of the things, in my opinion. But with other things, you know, it doesn't come at a greater cost, I, or maybe may not be. But with gun control, I think it's, it's really coming at a greater cost in the society because you, you know, I've seen a news article where, uh, you know, children or the teachers in the school are being trained with guns or, you know, <laughs> for to protect themselves against. That's... How how unfortunate is it, right? Because that's that's pretty terrible that we like have to <laughs> already just to teach kids maybe thirty to thirty five thousand a year after they have to go to yeah. get their master's degree and in which they probably have closer over a hundred thousand dollars in student loans. So they have over a hundred thousand in loans. Yep. They're paying them thirty to thirty five thousand a year in salary. Now you want them to be be a superhero, be being an Avenger at that, to be able to shoot yep. and kill somebody that's coming in with a semi-automatic rifle. You want to, you want that yep. teacher to stop that person, you know, with a standard maybe nine millimeter gun. Yeah, that's there is no chance. But but the fact that you know uh, that we are getting to you know live in this. In, in, I think we are only contributing to the problem here, right? Because here, you know, if everyone has to carry a gun now, you know, now the gun sales are go, only going to go up, right? So, but how, you know, I, I don't even think this is solving the problem. You know, we are just, you know, piling up on the problem, which might even be worse, worse in the future. So, which is, which is not, not, not great again. So, but, but, take, you know, coming back to you know, our point in terms of, the racism, right? Uh, and 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 in terms of how these kids of eighteen year old are are being trained, or I don't know, being motivated um, to do such such things. Uh, what what do you, like? How how do you think that's that's even happening? Uh, because I mean, if you see, if I see around and all, you know, I think the world is normal because I don't see most of the things that you see or you know, like others see. But again, you know, waking up to this kind of news, you know, makes me think where where, where am I even, right? So, like, where, 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 like, what is the source of all this hate? And I know, I understand that it again dates back to our history, but what is the source of it in, in the current generation or in the current society is what I'm trying to understand on it. Um, like, do, do you have any, any thoughts the on source, this? Uh, is generational racism. 
Like, there's no way this 18-year-old just randomly, you know, just woke up and became, you know, racist. He's seeing all this on all of these social, online social media. Was a 4chan, um, an 8chan, uh, Trump's website, social media website he's got. He's getting this and just becoming immersed in this culture. And once again, this culture, this wasn't started by, you know, all young children. Adults had to put this together. And these kids are reading this from the adults. And these adults learned this from their parents. So, I mean, it used the saying used to be eventually racism would die out once all the older people pass away. I mean, we've been saying this now close to 40, 50 years. So yeah. those... At that time, those those children, we said this about 40 years ago, you know, they're 40 now and still have those thoughts that their parents did. I mean, 20 years ago, you know, that uh, the white supremacist, he wasn't even born. So he really yep. didn't see that much of like the true racism that was going on. Now he's reading about racism that he's seeing online. And for some reason in his head, he got in the idea that all, you know, all the black people are trying to rape white women to mix society or trying to get rid of all white people, which is, which is kind of ironic because white people as an ethnicity by its own self, they're a minority here in America and the minorities are technically the majority here. So it, I mean, it's... Once again, social media can be a great thing. It can also be a bad thing. We got politicians sure. who, they're openly being racist, but just just using different code words. I know, yeah. So, but but yeah, the fact that, you know, the generational racism is being still continued, you know, despite so many advancements and despite so many changes in the world, I think it's probably, you know, controlled by minor group of people but the damage that they're causing is still still huge i don't know like how uh, like i you know because because it's also a little tricky right that one thing that i don't understand if you look if you also look at the government policies and and all the other things uh so you know the companies you know particularly after george floyd you know things in my opinion changed a little bit better you know, companies, you know, started talking openly and the government started, you know, talking openly about all the policies and the changes. Um, and, and I think people are, you know, having a little more awareness now, but it, uh, the incidents of, you know, uh, shooting, uh, be it in, in Texas or New York, you know, I mean, they're only, they're also going up. So I think this is an interesting space where the change is happening, but at the same time, situation is also getting worse. Right. So, so what, what, like, I, I don't know how to, uh, perceive this to be honest. Um, but, but what, what would you do? Like if you, if you're in the space or if you, you know, what, what do you think can be done here to, you know, accelerate the change for good and find a way to mitigate, uh, or, or, you know, eradicate the whole, you know, racism concept, you know, for good, like what, what is the shift that needs to happen? In, in your opinion, I would say it's a lot. Number one, I will put an age limit on those in government. Uh, another one, mm-hmm. I would say you have to have not that this, there's some common sense education. Like we shouldn't be fighting about small things. Like it's, it's 2022 and we're still, still debating whether women should have the rights to their bodies. Like there should be a separation. I agree. You know they, you know they love to use how the government was founded on uh, the separation of church and state, but they're so quick to want to put church in everything. So just yep. stop with the lobbyists. Stop, stop being in uh, in different companies and corporations' pockets. Stick to the platform that you ran with. Because you see, the second they get in Congress um, or state position, what they ran for, they quickly, you know, 
they don't abide by it and they start doing their own personal things. There's a lot of um I forgot the correct the correct terminology, but uh when you start bringing all your family members with you in government and the representatives of where you work at and have them working for you. Uh it's just so much corruption, eventually it just it becomes as a person seeing all of this, it just becomes a burnout. Like you just you see it, you know everybody else sees it, but nobody's talking about it. Like we just had a past president who, who openly admitted to grabbing women um, by their genitalia, was accused of um, being in sexual assaults, has openly, by the things he's done and said, has uh, showed he's racist, uh, showed he's discriminatory against those of uh with disabilities and yet you see close to half the half the country supporting them and it's like you feel kind of like you're just yep. just in this crazy land like this this can't be right yeah right like who would have thought and yep. let's in 20 2008 if you would have said to hey the host from the apprentice he's going to be the president like nobody would believe that like if you said Kanye West is going yep. to be running for president, like all of this is see is seeing like the movie Idiocras- Idiocracy. I forgot the name, the correct pronunciation of it, but it's like this movie is becoming an actual real life. So you're having people with no experience, no knowledge of government, no knowledge of how presidency works, no knowledge of uh American history, world history, no experience being around other ethnic and minority groups, having the audacity to want to run for office based off of the one thing that they want. And it's looking like the one thing everybody is, you know, staking their claim to fame to right now is either CRT or guns. Yep. So, so you know, I, I agree with most of those, right? But if you also think about those, you know, those are all the, you know, institutional level changes that needs to happen. So, and and that has been the case throughout the history, right? And after civil rights, you know, and this 2022, uh, many years passed by, and we are still talking about the institutional changes. So, so which is further away to happen in my opinion. So, so at this point, like as a person, you know, like ourselves, you know, uh, maybe in as an immigrant or, you know, maybe as, as a non-black person or, you know, as a black person to like, what are the things that we can do uh, in order to, you know, not contribute to it, forget about, you know, finding a way to prevent it, right? Like, you know, to be not, not contribute to it or, you know, you know, uh, just to mitigate all, all this, Crazy, crazy shit is happening. We have to support ourselves. We have to start learning more about socioeconomic and just regular economic factors. We have to start off supporting group economics. Um, Hopefully we can, like a third party, if not more parties, has to be formed. Because basically, if you're a minority and you think we should all be equal, I mean, if you vote for the Republican Party, you're just going to get slapped, slapped in the head by a brick until you die. Or if you vote for the Democratic Party, you're just going to be get a thousand cuts, a thousand uh, paper cuts until you eventually bleed out. So one's a slow death, one's a fast death, but it's still going to be the end result. So, yep. so just one group, one group so, lies to you and the other group just flat out tells you no. Sure. So it's a, so in respect to we are on the, are on the same path, but, but what you're saying is, you know, finding a way to support each other or, or, uh, you know, back up each other whenever the time comes, uh, is, is the best thing that we can do, uh, at this point is what you're saying. We right? have to support, support ourselves, support people who are going to support us. If we do get in politics, we have to start going through all of these candidates. 
Like, unfortunately, the Democratic yeah. has the party has taken advantage of us, knowing they're always going to have the minority vote. But at the same time, it's like the Republican Party has shown they don't they don't want our vote. They say they do, but it's with the policies and stuff they say. It's like there's yeah. no way. So we, on, I don't yeah. want to say we're necessarily stuck in just but, a you know a hamster wheel going over and over, but. Unfortunately, that's kind of what the American political system has made it out to be with a two-party system. Yep. So, so yeah, I mean, in the sense, like, at this point, uh, so we probably just have to live with it in a way, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe someone, you know, something, you know, amazing happens and, and maybe this won't be the case in the future. But since we are talking a lot more about you know politics uh, and and the systematic changes, you know, in in when I mean, Barack Obama ruled you know America for eight years, and which is which is which has been like amazing eight years, um, in in my opinion, and and also uh, ma- majorly for blacks, right? Particularly because as an immigrant, uh, you know, I only know so much about blacks normally. And whatever I know is not not a good thing when I was in India because all uh, majority of what I see are, you know, not the positive aspects uh, of of the black culture, right? But whenever you know Obama was elected, you know things changed and we started seeing, uh, or most of the people started seeing blacks blacks in a different way, you know, for for good. So, do you think something has happened in those eight years, or something should have happened, or or uh, or I? Has there any change? Has there been any change during those eight years? Because if there is anyone who could have changed it, that should have been Barack Obama for all the right reasons. So why do you think that hasn't happened? And you know that's that's something else. It seems like we put the most pressure on the people who look like us to get stuff done. But when there's other people in office, and we just mm. we just expect it and just walk right by it. We don't we don't care about it. And we should have that pressure for every president. I mean, I think um, sure. Obama, he did a wonderful job, especially what he had to deal with coming off, you know, George Bush tenure. Uh, same thing with um, President Biden. I think he's doing a remarkable job based off of what he had to do with Donald Trump's tenure. I mean, we had people making fun of Biden and criticizing him basically off him maybe falling asleep a few times in Congress, uh, stumbling, forgetting his words, falling off a bike. And it's like, why couldn't we have the same energy for Trump? Like, do we not realize and remember the stuff Trump was doing? And we're talking about, I mean, if if the most worst thing we're talking about here with uh, President Biden is that he's fell off his bike, I'm okay with it compared to what we were talking about with Donald Trump. But um, going back over Obama, even though he did a wonderful job, there's some stuff he could have done then when he had the uh, the the House of Rep- the House of Representatives and the uh, the Senate when he had the majority of in each in uh, each category that he did. I mean, he could have easily got Roe versus Wade turned into a legal, you know, a law right there, so he won't have to deal with it now. But he didn't. I mean, maybe he assumed, like most yeah. people, that, I mean, nobody's going to change that. That's what I assume, but I guess we were all wrong. But nonetheless, it still could have been made an official mm-hmm. law right there. But it's, I don't know, it seems like sure. they give us, once things start getting too out of control, they toss us, you know, here, take this minority fish, be happy while you got it. <laughs> And then once we, once we have it, yeah. get rid of it, then it goes back to status quo. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that has been the case lately. But but the fact that but the thing that you mentioned about, you know, we look for a black person to change the lives of blacks. It is uh, it's not actually right. Yeah, that's that's true. I know it's it's uh, there is equal. There has to be equal pressure on each president and uh, each, there has to be the, you know, burden, 
like or or the it's the job of the president to make sure <laughs> that things you know are are the same or things are getting better for for each and every community unfortunately that's not been happening right um i i, I don't know uh, how how things are going to change uh, instantly or eventually but but one thing that i want to you know understand little better particularly as an immigrant right so what what is it that we need to understand you know about about the black community um in particular so that you know I, i'm a minority here too you know so that i you know uh, so that we work closely together in order to you know stop this kind of racist attacks and, and back each other like you were mentioning like what is that that we have to understand uh in in the black community regarding the black Basically, community uh... I remember one time I, I was out the country. I was in what? I don't think I was in some some little small small city in in Brazil one time. No, Brazil. Well, that shows my geography of the world. I think Brazil is a country. Is a country? Okay, yeah, okay. I was right. All right yeah, it's yeah, a country. I was yeah, in yeah. a city in Brazil, and it's like some some rap song came on with Chris Brown. and it had a couple n word segments and everybody was just out there saying it screaming it freely at the time the person i was with he was ready to just fight everybody but i mean i kind of understand it cause america only promotes the stereotypicalness of african american culture african american vernacular i mean our our culture is one of the most stolen cultures and the fact is not only does our own country still our vernacular and culture other countries do it as well and it seems like we don't never get the credit for it so when people see like the the stereo the stereotypicalness or um different culture and different lingo they believe well that's how every black person acts i mean i remember when i went to school in detroit um and i was at this time i was uh, in a neighboring all white affluent suburb and it's like this a uh, little white kid uh he didn't mean nothing by it i can tell he just watches a lot of rap videos he just came up to me just you know what's up my n word started started dancing could dance a lot better than me was was talking like he was like he was from the hood or something and at first i was enraged about it but then it's like this it's a 9 year old boy he doesn't he doesn't have any idea so i wasn't mad at him i was mad at his parents cuz like they were right there and they just found it funny hmm. so it's like i would say just hmm. what you see on tv doesn't necessarily speak for everyone's culture. I mean it's kind of like you know with the terrorist attack happened. I yeah, there was a lot of Muslim and Arab discrimination and racist attacks after that. I mean, I'm not I'm not about to go to who well, actually what I was about to say would have been a stereotype. <laughs> Now I'm not, yeah, it's not like I'm about to go to the local 7-11 and like just start you know screaming at the cashier cuz they're you no know, they're muslim they're arabian it's no he's just a hard working man yeah. doing his job i guarantee you he probably you know he feels like i do about those terrorist attacks so it's the same thing when you see watching a movie watching a tv uh yeah you may see a you know a black man in a hoodie with a gun trying to trying to steal the young white woman's purse and run off that's that's not every black person in a hoodie so we shouldn't uh we shouldn't make judgments based on the stereotypes of uh all cultures and apply it to everybody in that culture i agree um and and i can totally say this as a fact that you know i have been on both the sides uh, in my opinion at least because when i was in india um i obviously see what you were mentioning right you know it's it's not the good parts of the black community right where 
you know people get shot you know most of the indians get shot or you know or are raped or are uh, you know robbed at gunpoint um and uh, and we hear this crazy news uh, and and like that's because that's something that never happens in india i mean not at the gunpoint or not i mean that do, does happen but not not but we perceive it differently right but when people are in us you know that's expectation is a little different so we have all types of you know stereotypical uh, biases um for, for the black community i had to say it but but just the, the, that's just the truth that's because the bad part is you know being promoted or or being circulated a lot more than the good part of of the community and it's not just the blacks i think as you said maybe that you know all the terrorist attacks or things it has been the same but when it comes to the black community you know it's it's uh, has been a lot more prevalent on us most of the immigrants are like you know still hesitant to you know talk you know or be the same with black uh, people as, as much you know as they're comfortable with white right i think this this has to change a little bit more because i went to the hbcu which is a historically black college and university where all my you know classmates and colleagues are like are they are all blacks so that's when you know it started occurring to me okay why there is so much uh you know <laughs> why because the first thing that i searched when i was uh, searching for the university is right you know when i was researching about the university like hey what is the crime rate there because that's what that that's the obviously the first thing that i had to search uh be it for good or bad but that has that that was one of the best neighborhoods um in the state and and i'm glad i went there so but but the point i'm trying to make is you know there the negative aspects are being promoted a lot more often and uh, as you were saying you know all the non black or non immigrant or or the people should perceive the fact that 5% of the people doesn't represent other 95% of the people there is 5% or 10% bad in any community but it doesn't mean that you know every every black person you know behaves the same way as those 5% so we need to break those stereotypical biases and and make sure that we find a way to help them in in and in, in fact and and make 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 have a dialogue with them and uh, and uh, you know have a establish a relation with them be it at work or be it uh, you know you know in a, in the market or be it at 711 or any place right just so that as as much as you know we can empathize uh with with the black community or with any uh, minority community it it actually comes back uh in a bigger and better way uh, in my opinion so but since since you're also saying that uh you know it's 5% of the group doesn't represent the other 95% right because uh it's only certain community i also want to ask you this right because you know most of the racist attacks are you know are, are coming from the white community and uh, because some which some which are due to the uh, reasons that you mentioned right institutional or generational racism or things like that but you know it's only happening from certain group of people and, and not from the others like what what do you what do you have to say to them and, and like how do you how, how do you take it because not obviously not every uh, white person is racist or not you know it's not the same in there so how do you uh see that or you know what, what do you have to say in in that regard um this will may not be the long a long answer or not but when it comes to just racist people i just don't say nothing to them cause if you're racist you're obviously telling me number one, you're ignorant and you refuse to see what life is. So that means you're trying to just, your eyes, what your eyes are seeing, it's not going correctly to where it needs to go into the brain to score, to correspond directly to what life actually is. So you're just choosing to either be blind to the fact, ignorant or stupid. And if you're either one of those three, that obviously already makes you beneath me like if and if you're beneath me i i'm not about yeah. to waste my time talking to you like my time is the most precious and valuable yeah. commodity in the world so i'm not about to spend 10 minutes to try to tell you yeah. why this is racist or why 
why the Ku Klux Klan is racist, why uh, discrimination happens, what institutional or systematic racism is. I mean, fortunately, the majority of people the majority of people in America, not not necessarily the world, have access to instant internet. Like you can easily Google this and go to a reputable, a reputable, non, you know, independent site. But people, I mean, if you're racist, you're only going to go to Fox News or or um, far right or Max Media to get your information from. Or if you know, if you're a far a far left leaning liberal, you're only yeah. going to go to MSNBC, and that's only going to constantly yeah. tell you the news that you want to hear and feed you your perspective of what you think society is. And it it really shouldn't be like that. It's yeah. too many things shouldn't be Democrat or uh, Republican, progressive or liberal. It's because I believe in COVID and want to wear a mask, that automatically shouldn't make me a Democrat and left-leaning and judge my whole whole entire path of what I believe in. Like, politics should only just stay political. It shouldn't get into your everyday life. And unfortunately, where we're at in society, we, we made kind of politics we make that a higher place in our family. And it's, it's getting sad to how things, <laughs> yep. how things are progressing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that that's what's happening. Uh, not just in America and around the world, I guess, you know, uh, the, I like the fact that you mentioned that here politics has to be politics, uh, but uh, it's, it's getting to the families and it's, it's going really beyond so whenever it's going beyond and getting to the families or into the person's head, you know, there are so many ways that they can be used against us, right? You know, promoting more of extremism. Uh, that's that's one way of politics too. If it's not for the politics, you know, I'm sure like most of the people won't even care about it. So, but, but uh, you know, I also want ask you what, what do you want to appeal to the, you know, other uh, white people around there? I know there are only certain category of the racist people um, uh, in the community, uh, in any community, but but there are so many good folks out there helping uh, and, and want to change this world for good uh, and things like that. Like what, what is it that you have to, you know, convey them or what is it that you want them to understand more about the blacks? It's not that they don't understand, but I just want to understand you know, your, your perspective on for it. For the white people, for uh, other ethnicities, um, non-African American, non-Black um, ethnicity groups out there. Words mean nothing. Actions mean everything. Like you could, it's easy to post online and say you you disagree with the George Floyd or Breonna Martin, Breonna Taylor situation, the Brittany Griner situation, um, the Tamir Rice situation. And I could just go on and on. It's it's one thing to say that. It's one thing in the corporate world yep. to say you're you're an ally of your black coworker who's saying she's feeling you know discriminated against by her white boss. But you have to prove this. You know, actions mean everything. I mean, to put it less a simpler analogy, it's it's one thing for me to tell my friends I'm I'm nice at basketball or. I could, I'm nice and track and field, but until I actually go out on that basketball court in front of them or go out on that track and field and start running, then those, those words mean nothing. Sure. So, so, uh, I, I agree with you on it. So it's not just the words, um, and, and, uh, it's not just feeling sorry about it or, or not feeling bad about it. It's about what you can do to change the scenario. Um, even even though it's it's too little, right? Not, nothing is little at this point, right? Because if you're just helping the coworker who is feeling discriminated, if you're just having a dialogue and uh, you know empowering them, that's that's still a great win. Uh, that will that will lead to bigger you know, bigger that, changes. Don't, and uh, don't and, go uh, overboard with the. Cause I, sure. This is one of the things I hated most. 
like regarding this was a while ago with with Family Guy, one of the voice actors was white playing a black character, and like I forgot he or she said they will not do this again, and it's like nobody in the minority community acts. I don't. Who cares? You white and playing a black fictional character? Don't like that's the wrong things. If you're gonna stand up and be an ally, be an advocate and put your your words into action. Ask that black person, like, well, what particular action? Because cause then we have, you know, stupid actions being taken in response or <laughs> that you believe is in response or is providing help for African-Americans. And it's nobody in that community asks for this. Yeah. No, so exactly. So it's not that... Uh, Okay, it's good that you want to act uh, um, or, or do something about it, but just don't yeah. <laughs> don't Take appropriate measures like do <laughs> way, right? So exactly, sure. Um, and 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 also, I think you know, in last episode, I was having some similar conversation, and one thing that I was uh, I, I learned from the episode was being you know finding a way to establish the relation in 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 an authentic way. It's not just you know. You, you cannot just go and say when the person is discriminated or when the person is feeling bad, but just start. And if they are besides, just start, go and talk to them and more and just find a way to establish the organic and authentic relation. So whenever they need your support, it's easy for you to say uh, and, and easy for you to have a dialogue. You know, that that's just natural. You know, that's the natural tendency for, with, with all the humans. But since this, I mean, the fact that we have to think through it is, is a little different. A little weird, but still have, trying to be open uh, and then trying to establish an authentic relation with uh, with all the minority groups uh, and particularly the black community is is, is gonna help everyone I you know it around is, us. You know, even if you don't so, want to be on the front line, uh, just just be sympathetic, be show empathy, exactly. at least talk, understand. Exactly. I have a friend at well, at the time I had a friend. He's back in Africa right now. But uh, we were both, uh, we went to a college out here. He was Muslim. He showed up in his uh, his African garnishment. Luckily, me and him had a relationship, so he didn't mind me making fun of him here and there. But he knew, he still knew I was respectful with it. But uh, yeah, sometimes during, um, he would have to just, he took out, I don't know the correct name for it, but he just, I don't know, took out a towel. It was definitely more than a towel, but put it on the floor and he would just start praying. And no, yeah, some people will look at him. Some people will laugh. I mean, once again, like I said prior, you know, going overboard with it was me just getting up, start fighting and punching these people. So I just, you know, I tried to do my test, my best, took appropriate measures with him. I just, I would just go right by him. Um, you know, just talk to him here and there when he could talk. Um, I may sometimes, but you know, I would even get on the floor with him, just try to do the prayer, just something small, not overboard. Just let him know, know here. I'm, I'm right here if you need me. Y'all know we don't believe in the same yep. thing. Um, I just have your back, so you don't have to take all of this, all of this criticism and teasing by yourself. Agree. I think I think th- those are the little little measures that everyone can take and should take. In my opinion, I hope uh, people people start thinking about it more. Uh, and and it's also being an you know agent for advocacy, right, Mark? So so, can you can you explain a little more about um, what you know agentsforadvocacy.com dot com is about and and what you what you Absolutely, want to uh, do with it agents for going advocacy. Uh, I'm looking to just. Uh provide more awareness for socioeconomic equity and equality. I mean, we have um, on our website, you can see what we're doing, agentsforadvocacy.org. We have a a drive coming up this 28th in which I'm providing uh, back-to-school supplies for children. Uh, We're having book bags, um, pens, pencils, calculators, uh, spiral notebooks, and binders. I'm trying to provide close to 500, 500 children of lower socioeconomic uh, backgrounds um, 
these gift supplies, especially with uh, the cost of inflation going up. Uh, according to data, the inflation rate right now compared to last year with just school supplies alone is 15%. So I'm just, I'm trying to do whatever part I can to just, to just be an advocate for people. Great. That, that's really great. And then how do you think, uh, you know, changing the socioeconomic status or, or uh, finding a way to improve it is going to yeah. eventually help uh, the black and community and, and people that around? That part is hard because, unfortunately, so, so much of economics and socioeconomics or any type of social science is directly tied with, um, you know, politics, governmental politics and procedures. And... It really shouldn't be like that. Now you're at the point where even healthcare is tied to politics. There's so many, so many disciplines that's tied yep. to politics that shouldn't be like that. Like there shouldn't be any redesigning yep. of districts in gerrymandering and redlining. Because unfortunately like that, you know, depending if I grow yep. up on this street or down the block, that's either more property taxes I'm having to pay for my child to go to school and if this is a good school and I can't afford it, now I have to move that district. So I possibly just, you know, messed up my child's education up until he's 18. And depending if that side of the block has gangs or, you know, around it or worse school quality or worse environmental quality, I've just not only messed up my child's life, but possibly his future offspring all because of uh, redlining. Yep. Yeah. So, so, so whatever you're doing is, uh, you know, probably gonna improve this uh, for at least certain students and, and make it a better place is, is what you're referring to. Sure. Nice. Good. Yep. Okay. Yep. So yeah, that, that has been the scenario for so long. Um, right. And, and I'm, I'm super glad that you are, uh, putting the effort to change the things organically in a way from the ground up, uh, instead of, you know, uh, expecting, uh, governments or, uh, politicians do something about it, uh, is great. Um, I hope you really, um, continue to do this for so long and, and change so many things around you. And, and one thing that I would like to understand is how can we help and how can others help or, or what they can do to support you in your cause? Yep.
Awesome. Sure. Um, and and uh, I hope uh, more and more people uh, uh, supports you and and uh, you know comes along with you in your cause. Uh, and and I'm more than happy to do my part. Um, and and yeah, thanks uh, thanks for uh, uh, being on the show and and uh, and being open about all the, all the things uh, and and openly talking about all of these things. So do do you have any any uh, closing remarks, Mark? agreed um and it's also a life lesson uh, and and the words of wisdom i would say because uh i know i've seen people where you know they start doing so many things better you know after uh, you know tremendous loss or life like life changing event uh, for worse but i think we should just uh, take a step back and understand uh, you know uh, or like we don't wait for such events uh, to happen and to get the best out of ourselves so the best you know time to start what you want to do is is today and 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 do it it's so much as as mark said it's it feels so much better to have people by your side uh, and and uh, be proud of what you're doing and you know be able to brag about you know what you're doing right it it just feels so great for uh for for all the family and for all for all your colleagues or, or for anyone around you um Yeah uh th- thanks for uh, sharing the words of wisdom mark and again i feel uh, so sorry uh, for for your loss again and uh, i really appreciate and admire the work that um, that you're doing um, and and uh, you know coming back with uh, love uh, and and advocacy for hate is is something remarkable and i hope you continue to do that uh, right things and i hope you really get all the support you need along this path um uh thanks again uh, and i uh, appreciate you being on the show my man thank you you too thank you appreciate that